Joining us right now, getting ready to start the new year uh, because the old one ended like 10 minutes ago. It's the head coach of your Sacramento Kings, the lovely and talented Luke Walton. Luke, good afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, a little strange out there, and uh, we're on the road again, which is a little strange as well, I think. The original season ended about nine months ago, and then there was the bubble season, and now we're uh, continuing to find ways to make it work. So um, we, uh, we're getting ready for a couple of Portland games. Now, before we get started with our Kings, uh, we were having a conversation on the radio show recently, and I, I, I think you're a very unique individual to be able to run it by. ESPN put out their top 100 players, and they got to the final 10, and number one was LeBron, number two was Anthony Davis. First time in, in their history, the one and two players in the NBA, in their opinion, uh, have been uh, on the same team. So I started thinking, you know, Laker duos. Obviously, Shaq Kobe, uh, you're very familiar with. Um, and, and then before that, Magic and Kareem. How would you, uh, can you even rank, we were trying to rank, like, which which one, I guess it's eras and stuff like that. A, a lot of stuff goes into it, but I'm trying to rank the three of them, and I can't do it, dude. Yeah, I mean, look, you, it's fun to sit here and, and argue those, uh, and I don't think you could go wrong either way. Um, it's, it's whatever era you grew up watching. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, I'd probably say Kobe and Shaq. People older would say Magic and Kareem without a doubt, and the new generation would say LeBron and, and AD. Um, two on two, though, I got to imagine Shaq would be hard to defend. And uh, right. when you when you throw, if you don't have any help defenders anywhere, I feel like it's going to be tough to stop Shaq uh, when he gets the ball down down by the basket. So you and I are saying Shaq and Kobe. Younger kids are saying uh, AD and LeBron, and your dad and my dad are probably saying you guys are stupid. It's it's uh, magic and cream. <laughs> I think that's pretty safe to say that's where the majority of the votes would be going. Now, I also saw that uh, coaches will not be allowed to, or not be allowed. You will not have to wear full on suits on the sidelines, and I immediately thought, you know. Is Luke going to break out the tie-dye Grateful Dead shirt? But I guess it doesn't go that far. You still gotta you gotta be dressy, casual dress, business casual, I guess. Business casual, Grateful Dead tie-dye is is the ultimate goal. But we got to take baby steps to get there. You know, we'll be, we'll be in Kings, we'll be in Kings polos and and slacks, uh, slacks dress shoes for the most part. There is a precedent because you were playing at the time, but when your dad was doing uh, color here uh, for for a year, there was uh, a, a night honoring him and, and the dead, and there were actually kings tie-dyed, I know T-shirts, and I believe polos that kind of combined the dead style and the king's logo. So there is precedent if you, and you have pull, if you wanted to work something out, you might be able to cross that bridge, dude. That is something that's doable. As long as I'm matching with the coaching staff, I can see if, if we can't order. It might be a little late for this season, but if this right. is something that continues into into next season, preseason ordering some Sacramento Kings tie-dye, definitely a loophole in this whole thing. You, you're going into, I mean, your first year was, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about this. You, you went from 
the glitz and glamour and lights of L.A. and a place you're very familiar with, a franchise you're very familiar with, but you're you're coaching the 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 best player in the world, and you go from that to Sacramento, and you you know listen. Let's just be clear here: the, the guy who brought you in, or one of them, is, is gone. You had a coronavirus breakout. You had a truncated season and a restart. I mean, have you caught your breath? Like, it, I feel like it hasn't even stopped for you. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's listen. It's at the end of the day, the way I look at it is, um, I love the game of basketball. I love, I love coaching, um, and it, it, it's been it, it's been a crazy few years as far as all of that is is concerned. Um, but but the beauty of it and the peace and and catching my breath happens um when i step on the court you know as far as as practice is starting games are starting um and those you know those are competitive and and, and energetic and everything else but ever since i was uh, you know young and and, and played basketball uh, it was one of the things that always drew me to the game was uh the amount of joy and peace i had uh, when actually being out there on the court so um, I haven't really been able to catch my breath as far as the overall, um, you know, year has gone. It's been a, a tough year, but I also put everything in perspective. It's been a lot harder on a lot more people than it has been on me uh, or any of, uh, of our players. Um, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, I know I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed and we are all very blessed to, to be able to do this for, for a living. You know, I've often wondered, too, as we talked to Coach Luke Walton, um, when a player comes in as a rookie, uh, it's always about, you know, they're a rookie, and then they learn, and they start getting an NBA body together, and, and next thing you know, in year two, three, four, it starts to click, you hope, and everything works out. And I've always wondered why that, why that same thought process from the media and from fans doesn't apply to coaches. Now, some coaches are just bad, and some coaches are just great, but there's also, you know, coaches that – that that learn and again going through your history so you grew up obviously everyone knows your dad you grew up in a basketball household then you played a full career then you you get thrown into I mean I don't know how much more you could have gotten thrown in the fire with arguably the greatest team of all time and I and you're going to probably forever hold the record as it was best record ever for an interim coach then as we just said you go to LA then you come to Sacramento so are you a different coach now than you were with the Warriors than you were with the Lakers? And do you feel much like a, a rookie improves? Do you feel like you've improved and you're a better coach now than you were before? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think it's like anything. You know, you you learn best by going through the experience of things. And um, you know, just like when you're a player, you think you know a lot, you know everything when you're young, and then you get to be a little bit older and a and a vet, um, and you realize you didn't really know much uh, when you were younger. So uh, I feel, you know, like I'm a, a much uh, much different coach now. Um, you know, even even some of, of my philosophy as a coach continues to change as. Uh, you know, as I continue to coach longer, and um, I think that's what, as a as a person, you should be trying to do is, is constantly, you know, kind of evaluating and, and changing and growing. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm in a in a in a much better place as a, as a coach right now than when I first started. Do you going into this year? Um, do you? 
Do you look at last year? I know you have some new new people on the roster, but you still have a lot of the core you had last year. Um, do you feel like you're going to be you? Did you plant seeds last year that you think are going to begin to blossom? And when it comes to philosophies, whether it's defense, offense, playing style, playbook, whatever, uh, do you, is this more of a, all right? We're starting over fresh, or are you you going to try to tend that garden you started last year? No, definitely. Um, Tend the garden that we started last year. Uh, it's part of, you know, it's, you look at a lot of the elite teams, elite organizations around the league, and, and the ones that have continued su- success normally come from, um, you know, years of work, uh, continuity. And, you know, for example, last year, every single thing we put in was brand new. Um, you know, there's a group of the guys right now that I could put on the court and, you know, speak our language. And they'd be able to, uh, they'd be able to execute it on day, you know, day one of practice. For when, I, for example, I could say, you know, to to the returning guys, away, a, a see, top lock, touch point. You know what I mean? And and they could take that sentence right there and execute a play that's going side to side and end up with a, a, a jump shot for, um, you know, for the four man coming off, uh, and, and that obviously comes with, uh, you know, being together and going through it day after day after day. So there's, you know, th- there's those type of things that you look forward to going into the next season when you're with the same group. Um, and then you just have to balance um, that with the new players and, and some of the, the young uh, rookies that we have. I'm not here to talk to you in pre- before you even had a preseason game about starters, but uh, there was something – that happened on media day and there was a, a, a lot made out of it in the media. And I'm, I'm wondering if it was misconstrued. You were asked about, you know, buddy healed and starting and sitting. And I, I'm trying to paraphrase and please correct me if I'm wrong, if I get the meaning wrong, but I, I think you basically said, listen, I'm not committing to anything right now for anything. You know, we haven't even gotten into training camp. Uh, Luke, I, I took that as a general rule with you that, that, and, and I've heard that from other coaches too, that training camp is training camp. Now, listen, we know De'Aaron Fox is going to be the one, but, you have new players. I imagine you're going to look at rotations. You're going to look at last year. You're going to look at a lot of things. I, I didn't see any hidden messages in what you said. Am I reading that right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's part of, uh, listen, there's always exceptions to the rule. And yes, you know, we can sit here and say it's training camp's all about the competition, which it is, and you want players fighting for positions. Uh, and then as a staff, we're looking at who's playing good together and, and, and what gives our team the best chance um, to to win? Um, so at, at the end of the day, that's still going to end up with the Aaron Fox being our starting point guard. But you know, there's other positions that that might not be true for. Um, now, going into a few days of training camp, I can tell you that Buddy's been um, he, he's been great. He's playing at a high level. Um, he's he's doing everything. Uh, in his power uh, to really, you know, show the type of player that he is. So he's he's doing what he's supposed to as a player to, to put himself in that spot. Um, and I shouldn't even say this without people reading into it wrong again, but, you know, even part of when we moved Buddy and Bogey last year was, again, not a punishment to Buddy. Uh, it was feeling out my team and trying to, you know, we were struggling to win games and see if some different rotations would work. 
And, you know, what I use the analogy of is when I played in L.A., we moved Lamar to the bench. And Lamar still finished games and played starter minutes. And when we were in Golden State, we moved Andre to the bench for a young Harrison Barnes. Uh, that doesn't mean these guys are, you know, better than the players that are, are you know, replacing them. Um, but if you're trying to figure out what the best flow is for your team. And obviously when we did it last year, it worked. But he was, you know, destroying second units. Bogey was having a nice run with that first group. Um, and that's, those are the type of things that we're looking for. It's not always about, you know, Ginobili used to come off the bench in San Antonio. Ginobili was one of their top three players, but you want, you need consistency throughout the 48 minutes. Uh, and you need to find groups that work well together. Um, and, and, you know, again, now, you know, Bogey, we don't have him here this year. Um, and with how Buddy's playing, it's, you know, that's probably not going to be the case at two guards this year. But going into camp, you know, you, you have different plans, but you want to see, you know, see what guys look like and, and what who's improved over the off season, and, and then you go from there. Luke Walton with us. Just to put a period on that, um, you know, we've – media, and we all look for cracks, drama, whatever. Um and, you know, we've covered Buddy a long time here. And my experience with Buddy is Buddy says things. <laughs> Buddy says what's on his mind. Buddy does his thing. But I've never known uh, in my conversations with uh, whether it was Dave Yeager before you, the assistant coaches, uh, you, anybody else, I've, I've never known anybody to say anything other than, hey, when the game starts, Buddy's there. And when we're in practice, Buddy's there. And nobody works harder than Buddy. And nobody sweats more than Buddy. Uh, and nobody loves a game of basketball more than Buddy. Do do. You've been on both sides now. Do you think sometimes because a basketball team is a family and everybody has different personalities and everybody has different quirks? It, listen, sometimes there's drama, Luke. You know that. But sometimes we read things that just aren't really there. It's just a family. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it, and you know, anyone that has a family knows you're not, everyone's not always going to get along. Right. That's not the, that's not the most important thing. That's the important thing in a family is every, you know, you're there to have each other's back and you can be counted on. Um, you know, you can count on them and they can count on you. And, um, whether Buddy and I are in an argument or Buddy and someone else or if any, me or any of the players aren't seeing eye to eye on something, the important thing is that they're still there for each other. And, um, Buddy has all, buddy, you know, since I've been here has always, always done that. Um, and like I said, was a big part of us having, you know, some, that, that success we started to have before the shutdown of, uh, um, of the season. Luke Walton with us. Um, hearing a lot of great things about De'Aaron Fox. He shifted gears in the bubble. Uh, and, uh, he was, I believe 12th last year in, uh, free throw attempts per minute, which always was one of those things you wanted to see him add the good weight on to be able to take the hits uh, and get to the line. Uh, but you've heard Nemanja and quite a few others say he really looks like uh, not just physically, uh, not just execution, but also uh, there's like a different uh, – he's taken that leadership mantle and run with it. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah. And again, I go to think that uh, Dave goes back to what you are talking about earlier where you know you kind of – there's a process with most young players – uh, and that is you get with high draft picks, you get talented, young, uh, you know, teenagers for the most part in, in today's NBA. And, and then as they, they 
play a year, two years, sometimes three, four, five years. They start to develop and their body starts to change. And, um, you know, like you said, this whole, this, you know, since I've been here, it's been a pretty wild ride. But uh, De'Aaron, you know, seeing how he committed himself this offseason, uh, post-bubble, um, you know, he was in Sacramento the whole time. He was coming in pretty much five days a week working on his body, working on his, his shot. And you can see, you can see the difference now, um, from a physical standpoint. And, you know, the, the hope is that, you know, he can come into this season. He's had a, you know, a great few days of camp and he's leading and he's talking and all the things you want your, your young players to turn into. He's on that path right now. And it's still early on, uh, on his personal journey, you know, in the NBA, um, but there's there's definitely some some progress and, and we're you know we're excited and, and hopeful, but we're also um, you know still going to be patient and understand that it doesn't just you know it, this is this is something that that takes time and uh, we're 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 excited to, to see what you know what he's going to bring bring us this season uh, out there on the court. Luke Walton joining us as we begin to wrap up our preseason conversation. Uh, I don't want you to ever show all your cards, but generally, in my experience, uh, coaching staffs go into new seasons with uh, some bullet points, be it uh, pace and space or defense, accountability, uh, to get anything stand out that you, you're really trying to push from the jump here? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important that we start with the accountability message. And, um, you know, and De'Aaron, to his credit, said a day one. You know, let's, let's make sure that with this whole um, this whole season that's coming, it's going to be you know there's going to be a lot of unknowns, and you know things are going to be changing consistently. Let's make sure that as as, as a team and as player to player, uh, we're able to, to to call each other on it and and not take it personal. So to me, it always starts with that level of accountability um, from coaches to players, players to coaches, and most importantly, player to player. So uh, that's something we're always going to preach. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to preach um, the, the, the defensive end as far as um, we just have to, we have to continue to see progress. At the end of the day, to get to where we want to go, we have to be able to get stops, um, you know, down the stretch of games. And, and then, you know, for training camp this year, it's a huge emphasis has been put on um, speeding up our, 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 our game a little um, from, from last year as far as, you know, getting the ball out quickly, deep outlets, looking to throw it ahead, keeping the spacing um, that we worked on last year. Um, so I think, you know, the defense is a hard one to, to see uh, initially when you're just watching early on. Uh, a lot of that has to do with just being consistent in, in, in coverages. Um, but I think you'll see um, the, the overall pace um, will be uh, be at a much higher level this season. Winding up here, I just uh, I've heard you know in in, in comments uh, the rookie Tyrese Halliburton people. It's all the stuff we heard in the scouting reports. He tends to make people better. People love being on the floor with him. I am curious because um, I know he gets all the press from the rookie side. I'm, I'm fascinated with this Robert Woodard kid, and I know it's unfair to ask you so early, but ha- have you had a chance to spend any time with him? I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated with this kid, both mentally and physically. 
yeah, he's 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 a uh, he's a great young man. Um, he's he's you know he's from Mississippi, and I asked him about himself. He told me he likes hunting and riding horses. <laughs> so just you know, from the first time I've talked to him, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed our conversations. Um, extremely hard worker, loves the weight room, um, loves being in the gym, and you know it's 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 going to be really hard on this rookie class. It's always hard on rookies, but I mean, these guys got drafted less than a month ago and, and now right. they're going to the NBA. I mean, normally you get drafted, you come out, you play in summer league, you play 40 minutes a night in summer league. Then you got three months of, you know, moving to market, getting in the NBA weight room, working with the coaches on what the system is. I mean, these guys got drafted less than a month ago, had to move. Uh, to Sacramento, well, with rookies all over the league had to move to their market, and, and without, and then normally you have the whole month of September that everyone comes back and plays pickup against each other. These guys are getting thrown in in the fire, um, so you know it's a it's a uniquely challenging uh, year for for rookies. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Robert, and I think that um, you know whether it's this season or into the future with his work ethic and in his frame, he's going to, he's going to carve out a nice place for himself. Last thing for you. And it's, it's philosophical because you've, you've been in so many situations. You played with the best, you played against the best, you've coached the best. We were having a conversation on the air with, of all people, uh, ex King Olden Polonies. And uh, I, I love picking his brain. He really got me going on player development and the idea that, you know, Kings fans are upset that we drafted uh, you know somebody over over Damian Lillard, but maybe Damian Lillard wouldn't be Dame Lillard had he come to Sacramento. That a lot of times the team and the staff and the teammates have so much to do with the development cycle of a player. So I'm asking you to kind of combine your your coaching experience and your player experience. I'll bet you had some amazing mentors coming in. What can you do, and and what is incumbent upon you and your your team uh, and the franchise in general to try to make Sacramento one of those teams? And we all know who they are. And, you know, San Antonio stands out. That that when you draft a player, it, not only do they play to their potential, but more often than not, their potential gets magnified because of their surroundings. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm a huge believer in that. And, and from my experience in this league, it's, the league has done an incredible job of, of changing over over this over time. You know, when I when I got drafted into the league as a player, it was there. there you know, there wasn't many coaches. There there wasn't player development staff uh, coaches. It was just kind of Phil and three or four assistant coaches. Um, so it was up to you know the vet taught the young players how to behave and how to work and, and whatnot. And it was kind of up to you to, as a player to, to figure it out. Um, you know, now these teams and organizations have entire staff dedicated to that. And it, it goes back to me um, about, you know, building the right habits and building them, um, you know, for, from, from day one. And that is, you know, putting them at you know putting them in slotted shooting times every day putting them with individual coaches that are not only showing them film but you know showing you know working with them on the court and if you build those habits early on and you know obviously a big part of it is is 
you know, is the player the right player? You know, he's got to be the type of guy that wants it and wants to push himself. Um, and if you do that and you do it consistently and, and um, you know, you, you make sure that they're, you know, they're being told the right stuff and they're being held accountable, uh, you'll see that as, you know, year one goes to two, goes to three, that, you know, for the most part, uh, they're going to, you're going to see that progress and you're going to see that player turn into the player they should be. And then hopefully they, you know, they even take it to the next level, um, which is, you know, something that there's no way to predict who's going to do that. Um, but at, and once you get to the NBA, uh, there's, there's player development and then there's guys that just figure it out and then they take their game to, to the all-star level. I got to know who was your guy? Who who was who was your vet when you came in the league? Um, Carl Malone was pretty huh. was pretty uh, was pretty one. awesome <laughs> my rookie year. Um, just just as far as you know, you come in as a rookie, and you know, just as far as you you go on your first road trip, and it's like you're used to college, where it's like, all right, you get off the bus, there's a team meal, there's a team film session, there's a room check. And then you get off your first bus in the NBA, and they're like, "All right, we'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m." <laughs> right. And I'm sitting here like, "Well, what the, you know, <laughs> what do we do for the rest of the night?" And they're like, "Well, they gave you 100 bucks per diem. Go get dinner and figure it out." Right. Um, so, like, just as far as you know, Carl would, you know, be like, "Look, I'm gonna be in the in the weight room at at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Why don't you meet me in there before shoot around or or just whatever it was?" Uh, he was he was really good at that. Um, and then as, you know, as you go, go on, you kind of, you, and you build those relationships with the vets, different ones kind of show you the ropes, uh, as, as the year goes on. That's Kings head coach, Luke Walton and another fantastic sit down. I know, uh, I know we'll keep in touch with you throughout the year. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got a city behind you guys and, uh, who knows what will happen? I'm sure all kinds of stuff, and that's the beauty of the season. But as always, we uh, really appreciate your time and just kind of relaxing and chopping it up with us. Good luck uh, getting through this preseason, and everybody stay healthy, knock on wood. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's good to be back on. It feels I, I know the world's not normal right now. we got to continue to do what we can to uh, you know, try to help each other. Uh, but it does feel a little bit normal Uh just for at least a second getting getting ready to start an NBA season again. So appreciate being on. Look forward to, to getting on again. That's Luke Walton. We'll take a break. We will be right back.